Welcome to Take Note. This is episode 181. You know, that's enough to impress people when they ask you. (laughs) How long have you been doing this? I'm happy with that. Conversational uh, flex mode, that's all I need. That literally happened to me in a taco shop today. Somebody's like, you still doing that podcast? Yep. How many people listen? It's unclear. How many episodes have you done? 180. (laughs) Really? Here's something we can count. (laughs) There's a lot in this world that we can't count, but here's something very quantifiable. Of course, this is our podcast about notebooks, carrying around notebooks, writing notes, observing the world around you to the extent that you feel capable at a given moment, and then talking about it with your friend. uh, I'm Ted. This is Adam. Hello, Ted. Summer, summer is here. How summer is in full swing. So, I still have to make lunches for children going to summer camp, but they stay until four thirty. So it's all it's all working out. We make more lunches than we do during <laughs> the school year because there's no, you know, they can't get the school lunch, right? Yeah. And it ends earlier than the school does. So summer's a little ah. summer's a little funky for us, but it's well, nice. That's where I got you. It's I all win. good. Um, I, we don't do school lunch a lot. Uh, my child is strange in that he sees it as a treat. So he get during the school year, he gets to have school lunch on Fridays. Yeah. Well, I mean, it probably, it probably is a treat. It's probably not good. You know, probably a lot of melted cheese. Speaking of melted cheese, uh, every episode we, uh, we do, what do you got? That means, uh, what do you got? What do you written down in your notebook? That, uh, that might amuse or or cause one to take pause and think. Right. Adam, what do you got? Well, I've got this in my hand, and it's paper. It's not a notebook. It is a handmade card. Happy birthday, yeah. Julia. I will read okay. it to you. Okay. Julia, every year it gets harder to believe we've been friends for as long as we have. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your family. It's crazy to believe that we've known each other for more of our lives than we haven't. Like you've known me for longer than you haven't. I love being a part of your life and living through your travel adventures. We really need to stop talking about planning a trip and just go somewhere. LOL. Looking at the previous years, I can't wait to see what our next adventures will be. Heart. Thank God we were able to get some pictures before today. We could always use more, though. I'm so proud of who you've grown into and excited to see what's next for you. I hope 22 treats you very well. Wishing you an amazing year. I love you. Heart, heart, heart. Heidi. I can't believe that we've recorded 180 (laughs) episodes of our podcast together. When I listen back to them and hear how far we've come, it brings warmth to my heart. We should stop talking about writing that novel together and just do it. (laughs) What a nice note. Oh, okay. Find that little gem. Oh, yeah. I found this handmade note. Um, thrown on the ground (laughs) and um you know i think it's a nice note too but here in uh the web house we had a different take our take there's a there's there's something to unpack there i'll Mm -hmm. give you that there's some barbs our take is that julia is never going on a vacation with heidi there's no No, way oh no nope and would have happened already (laughs) yep 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 um also (laughs) um Thank God we were able to get some pictures before today. We could always use more, though. Definitely gives the vibe that Julia does not want to be in photos with Heidi. No. 
What is what does that mean? Before, thank God we got more pictures before today. What, I think it means I when thought, we were younger, the, maybe. I was like, this is the day she's going off to prison. Yeah, that's and right. Thank God we've got. I don't. What is today? Yeah. Well, the birthday, I guess. Um, now, well, I suppose. But why? Why do you need pictures before the day of a birthday? Right. Take more on the birthday. If if my take on the card seems a little harsh, I have one more detail that I only realized today, a few days after I found the card. Um, the, car, the card, you know, handwritten card, "Happy birthday, Julia," and then the number twenty-two is written on the back and the front of the card in different colors, and I counted them, and twenty-two is written twenty-two times. So, wow. beware, Julia. Nailed it. Yep. N- nailed it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got a little Jack Nicholson from The Shining <laughs> That's about right. it. That's right. Did you notice that I wrote down 22, 22 <laughs> times? And, and the recollection of that is what made Julia throw the car to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> she was like 19, 20, 21, 22. Oh, Ugh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, there's a little bit of uh, me. Methinks thou doth write a little too much about what great friends we are. Like, <laughs> yep. Wrap it up. Right. It's like a um, legal brief. <laughs> <laughs> and furthermore, yeah. <laughs> in closing, <laughs> okay. Uh, this is my little note. Uh, guy in the John at work listening to martial arts step-by-step videos on full volume <laughs> from the stall at 8:30 a.m. in the morning. I salute you, sir. You're dedicated to the craft. Wow. It's a, it's a physical and a mental discipline is is how I understand it. But uh was he yeah. was he working out in the stall or just mentally preparing himself? Working, he was working something out. I get it. I get it. What do you have? All right. I've written here in my notebook, looking for Google in Walmart. And guess what? <laughs> didn't didn't find it. Uh, needed to get a copy of the overcoat, and uh, you know, found myself in a Walmart in Gulf a Walmart a Walmart a Walmart in Gulfport, Mississippi. And I just you know I knew it wasn't going to be there. But I had to look for it. I didn't find it there. Instead, I found it a couple days later in Octavia, Octavia Bookstore, Octavia Books in New Orleans. They had a couple copies. I got a nice one from. Seems Pushkin like a better. Books. Seems like a better bet. Oh yeah. Would Gulfport, have really been something. Walmart. Gulfport Walmart. Gulf. Well, there's probably you know. Say. I say that there's probably a Google Scholar who lives in Gulfport. I'm sure, but he's not going to Walmart for it. But it, but had you know. I didn't look for it. I knew I wasn't going to find it. But, you know, there was a chance. There was a chance. And had I found it, you'd have been blown away, wouldn't you? Oh, man. Would have been a better story. Yeah, no, that's true. (laughs) That much is true. What do you got? Uh, All right, so uh, Asteroid City? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, three, two, one. So Asteroid City is out. Now, as I understand, you have seen this film. I have. I have not seen it, so I'll preface with that. But uh, I did watch uh, one of the inspirations for the film. You know, these Wes Anderson movies, I like to get all worked up about them. I think you do, too. I think we agree on that. Now, I've done a total media blackout except for watching this inspiration film, which I don't think will probably have any spoilers. But uh, it's called Some Came Running, which... uh, 
you know, I would later do a little analysis and it was like, uh, many outsiders descend upon a small town and chaos ensues. I, I learned that that was kind of the, uh, I know I'm just teasing you into divulging what your feelings, but really I don't want you to at all. But <laughs> in this movie starring Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and an absolutely electric Shirley MacLaine, who was 20, 30, 40 years ahead of her time as an actress, um, Frank Sinatra, at one point, he's talking to Dean Martin, who plays something of a, a drunk. Now, they all drink whiskey all day long in this movie, and uh, none of them ever at any point <laughs> seems even slightly intoxicated, literally with breakfast. And they all, you know, continue wisecracking their way through the whole film. Uh, but at one point, Sinatra says to Dean Martin, you know what I can't figure? You'll drink three drinks to my one, and you look like a milk-fed quarterback. <laughs> It was, it was that kind of movie. Oh, it sounds great. I uh, I know uh, I I've been meaning to watch it because I know we we made a plan to watch it before Asteroid City came out, and then you watched it, and uh, I I have a sense of why that movie was one of the inspirations, um, but I haven't seen that movie, and you haven't seen Asteroid City, so we don't know for sure. <laughs> Um, like two ships passing in the night. Anyway, for I like, what it's worth, that like movie's that. two hours twenty. It's summertime. I've been watching yeah. movies almost every night, but with the kids. And even though, you know, even though we've wa- we've watched some, even though we watch League of Their Own, and uh, yeah. and we've watched some yeah. others that might approach, you know, a bit too much for an eight year old. Uh, it yeah. seems like some came running is not going to work with the kids. And by the time I get them, down, oh no, by the time no, I get no. them down, it's too late. The yeah no I actually watched it on my own time this was not a uh, this was not a well actually I started watching it with my my life partner and she did not want to watch it any further after about halfway through but uh, the misogyny in this film absolutely backbreaking <laughs> almost un almost unbearable sexual harassment uh, just deep deep fundamental horrible treatment of women which is. Uh, It was was a little hard to watch. So I don't, it's not that I recommend this movie. There's maybe 20 minutes of like Dean Martin, Frank's, you know, well, Frank Sinatra's a a cardboard cutout. Uh, Dean Martin was actually really good as kind of a a, uh, gambling cowboy roaming around type who also drinks whiskey all the time and never (laughs) seems to show it. But Dean Martin, I found in an interview, he actually thought this was his, his, most befitting role of his entire career hmm. now he was not a dramatic actor through and through but uh but uh i, don't know, I thought that was interesting so well, there, you know slight don't show this to children your 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 female um friends and life people enjoy who, who are in this journey of life with you together will probably despise this movie i sort of despised it there's a little bit in there you know, you know what I like going through life is life people having life people to go through it with, I like sure. that. My life that's people. What li- that's what life is about. The people who people life, the, mm-hmm. the people peopling life, is what life is is all about. What do you got, Adam? That's all I got, Ted. I mean, okay. I could, I could probably tell you about the Taiwanese sea goddess named Maju if you want. Yeah. Um, well, I think you just did. Or I could tell you about La Limonade, the uh, waiter's bottle 
washers, bartenders, and even cafe owners, the word used in the trade for everyone who works in the drinks industry but excludes restaurants. But no, I don't really have much else. What do you got? You got another one? Um, let's see. Uh, I had one quick quote from uh, cycling legend Mark Cavendish. I say this, it's about to be the Tour de France. He's one of the great sprinters. Um, but he said in, a, in an interview about being a sprinter, you know, they crash a lot more than the rest of the, uh, the, the cycling uh, categories of riders. And he said, when you come off on the cobbles, it isn't pretty. Um, and that, you know, the people's, people peopling the cobbles of life, I feel, I feel like that's what life is li- about in a lot of ways. It's better to have the bike people people the cobbles. <laughs> um, I, so I want to mention, just for the record, you know, I, the New York Times is like the newspaper of record. I feel like sometimes I feel like this is the podcast of record. So I want to say, I think that writer Lauren Groff is one of the great ones working right now. Oh, yeah. What do you I recommend? Want, I just want, I wanted to get that down. So I read Matrix a while ago, which was... She wrote a couple years ago. She published, I should say. And right now I'm reading her short story collection, Florida, from 2018, I believe it is. And it's just fabulous. She's a practitioner. Like, when you read her writing, you you know that she's in command of the effects of writing, of, you know, of narrative and character. and And she writes about women... Um, you know, her characters are women and they're just, they're, they're going through what you, you know women go through in that way that, I, you know, is just deep and Like men making them watch and, some come running? Yeah. Those sorts yeah. of trials mm-hmm. and tribulations? Exactly, that sort of thing. And if you can imagine it, even worse things than that. Mm. So anyway, that's just me getting this on the record. Florida is what I'm almost done with it. Short stories. They are. They do circle around the state of Florida. Okay. A lot okay. of snakes and reptiles and and jungles and abandoned houses and humidity. It's it's fantastic. And they they all so they have that kind of theme running through them, but they're they're just a really wide range of short stories. I just, think I might have read one of her stories about an abandoned house or a construction project in a house in Florida. It was probably in this collection. Probably. Yeah, it was probably in this. Yeah. Um, so let me tell you what I just did. I turned to my second to last page, and I wrote to read at the top, and I wrote Lauren Groff, because that's, that's on my last page of my notebook. I like to make a list of the books that I read and the movies that I watched. On the second to last page, I write to read, and really, yes, if if I can get those books from the library or something like that or actually read those that'd be very satisfying but really what it's about is i have to uh write it down somewhere or it will completely distract me so while i was at octavia books in new orleans i was listening to a reading with with a uh country music intro and concluding concert and during the concert i saw two books on the bookshelf and uh, I could not focus on the music because I had to write down <laughs> the name of the Marina Warner book 
and the George Herman biography called Crazy. Uh, and I literally had to, I could not, I had to pull out the notebook and write it down because I had tried for some time to just, okay, I saw them, whatever, enjoy the music. Which, the music was great. Literally had to write it down. Well, is it the, the, the fear of forgetting something that you've decided you want to read is what's debilitating? Yep. Yep, or it's yeah. the fear of forgetting that a book exists. Like, even it's just the fear of forgetting, look yeah. into that. I don't even think I've, you know, I know that when I write it down, I'm probably not going to get to John Gardner's The Art of Fiction or the book Seven Games of Human History. But that way I can stop thinking to myself, I hope I don't forget that that book exists. I've got it somewhere. Yeah. You know? Well, is, but there's a, do you learn about books that you do not feel compelled to write down and that there are some that just, have that special spark that you do want to, or is it kind of an every book you hear about kind of thing? Repeat the question, counselor. Um, no, I, th I think if I see a book and I'm not interested, I don't feel the need to write it down. But um, yeah, I own too many books. But once I have once problem. that feeling, once that feeling comes on, you're like, I have to capture this. Yes, and it's I and by that. writing it I down, mean... I don't have to buy that book necessarily. <laughs> Okay. Truly. Yeah, because you're like, I can go back to it later. Or I can get to it. Yeah, I'll go back to it later. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I feel that way about, mo like, the more I read, you know, magazines and stuff, the more you, or even listen to podcasts, the more you learn about stuff. And then, yeah, that same phenomenon. I totally, I totally connect with you. For, you know, I've got a bunch of movies in the hopper, and I've got them on just watch which is like a decent decent way to keep track of movies you know you just put it on your watch list and yep. then you got a watch list on amazon and then i mean i think the interesting phenomenon is how something can seem so compelling and exciting so you put it on your watch list and then you go back to that watch list later and you almost hate yourself for putting it on there because you can't remember why it seemed interesting it almost seems like a burden that your past <laughs> self has placed upon your present self. Like, oh, isn't why? It, isn't it literally just like you look at this list and you're like, this isn't novel. I know that this exists. Like, yeah, you know, all the magic. This, this isn't all new the magic. Anymore. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, and, and it, I, I bet a lot of people can relate. But, you know, my to read pile or list um just it, like Florida, I saw it at, on the shelf of the thrift store. Oh, yeah, Lauren Groff, Matrix, love her. Immediately displaced the five books that I had previously convinced myself I just had to read next or I couldn't survive any longer. And yeah. uh, just jumped the line uh, right away, started reading that, really like it. But like, what happened to all those other books I thought it was really important that I get to? Yeah, yeah. As soon as I finished this one. They're not novel anymore, yeah. It's almost like the anticipation is more pleasurable than the actual doing of the thing. I feel like someone should document that somehow. So, well, I think that's what we're doing here on the podcast of record. So you're so. reading <laughs> Lauren. Podcast of you're reading Lauren Groff. I'm reading George Seminole. This uh, I'm reading Magritte's Dead Man. I sent you a Seminole book the train yeah and i just wonder if that is more misogynistic than some come running no much less okay all right oh my god much well, less because the, the the train has something to it like I, you know the, the train is just not not you know if they made a movie you're not gonna just like some come running i, I wouldn't be like hey 
life partner. Let's uh <laughs> let's all watch the train together. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I mean it's 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 there's more trauma in the train yes. that ex- might you know account for aberrant <laughs> There are more excuses. Yep. <laughs> yeah, far more far more excuses. Uh-huh. Yeah. Than uh Frank Sinatra had in Okay. In a small town Illinois. No, the train fascinating. I mean, I I don't know anything about this Georges Simenon, this Belgian writer. But uh, you know, reading his bio was fascinating because he's written like four hundred books or something. Yeah, yeah. Seven seventy five novels, nineteen oh three to nineteen eighty nine. Uh, what was he? Something like a journalist and wrote mysteries. And then you know, you send me. The, how, how did you come across this guy? So we we have occasionally over the course of the show talked about uh, my professor I used to work for 20 years ago, Mr. Botsford, Keith Botsford, who has since passed away. And uh, he definitely spoke at length about Simenon and how great he was and how he should be published in America more, you know, uh, how he was neglected here. But I didn't read him. I didn't read him at the time, but that's how that's how he like ended up on my radar and then I just had the train. So I, I, he's one of those guys who whenever I've seen a book, I've wanted it and probably written it down in my to-read pile. Um, and uh, I've got a few, I got a couple of his books from Melville House because I was in like in the Melville House book club or there was a sale on some books or something. There. So I've got a couple of his more serious novels. The train's one of his more serious ones. The book I'm reading now, he had, like Graham Greene, he did a thing where like he had different, terminal terms for his like serious books and this is just like more of a straight mystery although they're all great um magritte's dead man is a straight mystery there's a lot of magritte movies and tv shows too in fact um uh mr bean i can't think of the actor's name he plays rowan magritte. Atkinson. yeah rowan atkinson i think is magritte oh, no in kidding. one version of it okay i mean maybe i've oh, got wow. it wrong but uh yeah it sounds <laughs> yeah plausible. yep um so that's how i came across him yeah yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, so you, you advised me in this posted on the back of this copy, you sent me not to read the back. So I just sort of went into it blind, really knowing nothing about the writer. Um, but it's a World War II story about just a civilian who finds himself swept up in, you know, basically, well, he's in, he's in France and the war comes to France and the Germans move in and he becomes a refugee almost you know, one minute he's listening to his radio and the next he's just walking out his back door as a refugee. And it's, I mean, I, you know, there's sort of some Kafka-esque elements, like very sort of spares, like first-person narrator describing the psychology of what happens. Really, I mean, totally fascinating. I was just drawn into it immediately. Great. Glad you liked it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. So I wrote that in my, I wrote my two read pile in this surplus screen, the Draplin surplus screen. Friend of the show, occasional co-host Ryan Sly, I believe he said that is the, maybe his all-time favorite. I might be, I might be exaggerating slightly, but it's the one with the, I think it's yellow paper, galaxy gold paper uh, with a fine Very mist cool. of olive juice. See, it is, it's really sharp. I like that one a lot. The notebook I just finished though is the Field Notes uh, Trailhead, the one that's got the little, uh, the extra, what do they call that, the leaf? 
the the fly sheet. It's got the fly sheet. Oh yeah. And it's got the lined. And I think I mean I've used quite a few of these trailhead ones now. Um, I, I think it's the best field notes out there. Um, it's sold out now, so you know. You're locking little, it in as the best, huh? I think so. I mean, I think I think it is the number one edition. I hope they keep making things. And I, and I think I've mentioned it before. The, this one and the one with the produce on the on the covers were both yeah. really high quality and yes. high quality paper, sturdy books. Um, and I hope I'm they using, keep doing yeah, it. I'm using one of those harvest editions right now, and it is very sturdy. Yeah, and and it's not too bulky. So uh, you know, I hope they they kind of get back to producing something like that um, regularly or they put out a like a a regular edition that just has that quality sturdy, of paper or the fly leaf. A sturdy yeah. regular. A sturdy regular. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. Well one of my favorites, which I have not actually used one in a while, was the Shenandoah edition, which I think that was that was why. Um it was an early sturdy, mm-hmm. as I recall. I mean I may have missed some here and there. But it was the first sort of, you know, colors edition that I got a hold of that was just had a, a cover that felt a little nicer and a little a little bit thicker and yeah, I gravitate towards those too. I mean the ones that the ones that are glossy with the thin cover, which are probably, you know, they, they usually tend to be like photographic or something. Those those are those kind of are fleeting in my mind. The 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 matte, really nice ones. Yeah, tend to stick. I agree. The surplus green. I, I I think I knocked this on the show when it came out before I had it because the cover looks like it's a textured cover, but it's That's the right. textures in the photo. That's right. But I'll say it's still a beefy cover. It still kind of takes wear, like it shows wear well, like it the wear hmm. sh- it shows up, but it's sturdy. So I mean, I still think it's like oddly deceptive, but. Maybe it's you know maybe that's just a negative way of thinking about it. Maybe it's a clever way to create the appearance of texture. So it's not what you were expecting, but it's still beefy. St- still beefy. Good. Still beefy. Well, I've I've got two blank notebooks that I'm sitting here gazing on admiringly. I've got my two latest dapper notes editions. I got through my one that's kind of a corduroy cover, and I have two blank ones just sitting waiting for me. And they, you know, the newest one has this beautiful illustration of a possum playing a guitar and a rabbit playing guitar together in a, you know, sort of a bucolic scene with this really nice cover, which is like, you know, some sort of textile. And then every edition of these Dapper Notes has an absolutely beautiful flyleaf textured paper. Like this is like translucent paper with threads of fabric running through it i mean these things are are really something else and i'm kind of glad i have two because i can now sort of just carry on using them they but they they're in danger of being so nice that you almost think geez is now the time or do i should i like save this thing but i'm not i got nothing to save it for right uh they raise the bar i mean you get one at a time so there's a little bit of a a utility thing that that is a trade-off but Boy, oh boy. I know we've been saying it for a while. And it's just a having the subscription is a pleasure. You get a little handwritten note of thanks every time and there's just little bits about the artist and lots of collaboration going on and now he just he just informed people that uh 
you can select which which sort of interior paper you want, lined or dot grid or whatever, which for me is great because I prefer a lined notebook. So, I mean, awesome stuff from Dapper Notes. Well, so, and I use my Dapper Notes for my dream journal. Um, and uh, sometimes the dreams uh, are, sometimes you're very productive with the dreams. It ebbs and flows. Sometimes you're not. Um, and so I had a question really raised by my wife the other day she she told me you know the dreams have not been forthcoming uh they haven't been sticky and so i haven't written a lot down since vacation i took a vacation was writing dreams down left and right writing more dreams down than i was sleeping and um (laughs) but she told me the other day that she had a dream she just said pesticides and marshmallows now okay I mean, as the ethicist, I'm going to ask you, you're the ethicist, can I <laughs> yes. just start writing her dreams down? Well, I think if I think as long as you cite the source, otherwise you're going to completely forget and think that you had a dream about pesticides and marshmallows. And is there, is there a downside to that? It's a dream thief. Is that you said dream thief? Yeah, I mean... Whose side were you on in Minority Report? I don't know. <laughs> once right. the dream leave, once the dream leaves the dreamer, whose whose property is it after that? These are big questions. I think that might be a line from Mulholland Drive. <laughs> I've never seen it, or have I? <laughs> Maybe I dreamed it. Maybe. Let's dream this again next week, Ted. Um, Sounds. People- dreamy (laughs) you can find our show on the website takenote.space you can subscribe to our Substack. search take note there and then follow the one that's us and not all the other ones that have take note in the name um there's probably a url for the Substack. i always like to i'll take this opportunity to shout out the podcast called always take notes which i once found Searching for our own podcast. Their podcast during the part it's of the really show good. Where we tell they people how to find us. Lots of different writers, and they're really honest about writing careers. They ask people how much money they make. It's awesome. All right. Anyway. Well, listen. I would follow that one. They probably have a Substack. I'd search for them. Go to. The, you know what they you should do, do. They definitely have a Patreon. <laughs> Go to. Yeah. Give them some money on the Patreon. Go to Always Take Notes, <laughs> and then ask them if. Tell them how much you like their podcast, and then ask them if they can help you find our podcast, yeah. Other Take Note podcast, which is what we might start calling ourselves. <laughs> um, I think we, we were maybe first. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. We were Take Note. We Nobody said Take Note before we said Take Note. Nope. Anyways, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon. We'll talk about Asteroid City this summer. We'll talk about the New Yorker fiction issue when that comes out. And... Uh, Take care. What do we say at the end? That's it.